Chapter 18 of The Little House in the Fairy Wood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cameron H. The Little House in the Fairy Wood by Atta Cook Elliot. Chapter 18 The Deepest Place in the Wood. It was on the hottest day or the hot days of summer that Eric found the deepest place in the forest. He wandered into it while he was looking for wild time. Ithra had been no good to him that day. She was usually ready to play in any weather, but on this, the hottest day of the year, she stayed indoors, where it was a little cooler, and lying on the setter, she drew paper dolls on birch bark, and afterwards cut them out. Yes, even Mary children loved paper dolls, and Ithra loved them more than most. Eric wanted her to go swimming in the stream, but he teased her to in vain, for she was entranced with the doors and would hardly lift her eyes from them. Helma was swinging in a wild swing she had made for herself high in a tree above the garden. One of the little people was perched on a leaf just over her head, and they were chattering together like equals. The eager voices floated down to Eric standing disconsolate near the doorstone, but Helma usually knew when her children were in trouble no matter how tiny the trouble, and so before Eric had stood there, long or dark up more than a bushel of earth with his battles, she leaned over the nest and called to him. Why don't you go and play with wild time? She doesn't mind the heat. Everyone else is staying quiet till sundown. Wild time was a happy thought, and Eric walked away in search of her. But she was in the very last place he would have thought to look on such a scorching day, and that is how he missed her. She was lying full length on the hot burnt grass in the field at the forest's edge, loving the hidden sunshine which covered her like a mantle. If Eric had seen her, it is probable he would not have known her or stopped to look twice. He would have taught her just a little patch of the flower that is named for her. So he wandered on and on, looking high and low and all about for her, and he went deeper and deeper into the forest. The deeper he went, the cooler it became, and for the forest roof kept out the sunshine. The light grew dimmer and dimmer too. Eric had never been so far in before, and everything was strange to him. He saw the forest people except a little brown goblin who peered at him from some underbrush and then scuttled away into the darkness of denser brush. Eric had never seen a goblin before, but he had no fear of goblins, and so this one did not bother him at all. He heard others scuttling and squeaking, and one drew a chunk of grey moss at him. He stopped and picked it up and threw it back with a laugh in the direction it had come from. I mustn't play, why don't you? he called. I know where there's a fine swimming pool. But there was no answer to his invitation. Instead, there was sudden and utter silence. He was disappointed, for he did want a playmate, and he had almost given up looking for wild time. After walking a long while, he came at last to one of the windings of the forest stream, and gratefully stepped into the shallow, clear water, dark with shadows. His feet were burning, and his head was hot. So he drank a long drink of the cold, delicious water, dug his head, and finally washed his face. Then he waited on with no purpose in mind now but just to keep his feet in the water. It was so he came to the deepest place, where not even Ifra had ever been. It was almost cool there, and more like twilight than early afternoon, and right in the deepest place, in a nest of smooth leaves, with his feet in the water, lay Wild Star. When Eric first caught sight of him, he thought he was asleep, for his wings were lying on the leaves half-folded and dropped, and his knees were higher than his head. But when Eric went close enough to see his eyes, he knew that he was very wide awake, for they were wide-opened, watchful and intent, and purple like the early morning. 
such wide-awake eyes were startling in such a sleepy, still place. Eric expected him to spread his wings and flash and dart away, but the wings stood half-opened, purple shadows on the leaves, and Wallstar did not even raise his head, only his eyes greeted Eric. But Eric knew without words that Wallstar was glad to see him, so he stepped out of the water and stretched himself on a mound of silvery moss nearby. With his chin resting in his palms and his elbows supporting, he faced the wind creature, his clear blue eyes open to the intent purple ones. It was Wildstar who spoke first. I thought, little Eric, you would have crossed the sea before this and be out of the forest. I expected to find you next fall on the other side of the world. Eric was amazed, but he had not said one word of his dream about that to anyone. How did you know I wanted to go? he cried. Oh, you are an earth child after all, and I knew you would want to be going on as soon as you saw the sea. But why do I want to go on? asked Eric, his face clouding with the puzzle of it. I am so happy here and Helma's my mother now. There can't be another mother across the sea for me. And if there were, I wouldn't want her, not after Helma. No, Helma is my only mother, and Ifra is my comrade. And still I want to leave them and go on and away from over there. It is very funny. No, said Wildstar, it isn't funny. You are a growing earth child, not a fairy. It is your own kind calling you. It is the music of a human life. I don't know what you mean, said Eric. It is like this. You know when you begin to sing a song, you go on and on to the end without thinking about it at all. It is the theme that carries you. Well, a human life is made like a song. It carries itself along. You do not stop to think why. It can't stop in the middle, on one chord for long. Yours now is resting on a chord of happiness. But soon it will go on again. You want it to. Life in the forest, though, isn't like that. Here it is music without any theme, like the music we dance to. Trum, 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 trum. But there is more than that to an earth child's life. It runs on like this stream. The stream is happy here in the forest, too, but it goes on seeking the sea just the same. There was a long stillness while Eric looked down into the green depths of the water. At last he asked, But how could I ever get across the sea? And when I got there, how could I get back? Time enough to think about getting back when you are there, laughed Wildstar. But as to getting there, how much do I want to tell you that? She has been earth child too, you know. She felt just as you did that spring night on the shore. She has felt it many times. It is only Ithra that keeps her in the forest. Ithra does not belong out in the world of humans, and Helma will never leave her. But she will understand your longing. All you have to do is tell her. Eric clapped his hands, a habit he had caught for Ithra. Oh, I shall cross in a ship, he cried, and see all the foreign lands. And when I come back, think of the world stories I shall have to tell Helma and Ithra. He sprang up in his joy and felt as though he had wings on his shoulders like Wildstar, and had only to spread them out to go beating around the world. For a second, the wind creature and the earth child looked very much alike. And indeed, the only difference was that Wildstar had to wait for the wind, and Eric need to wait for no wind or no season. His wings were inside of his head, but they were as strong as Wildstar's, and he had only to spread them and lift them to go anywhere he wanted. Now he wanted to get back to Helma and tell her all about it. Wildstar pointed him the shortest way, and off he ran, jumping the stream and the moss beds beyond and disappearing into the underbrush. I'll look for you next time the other side of the world, Wildstar shouted after him. It was twilight when he reached home. Helma and Ifra were sitting on the doorstone, hand in hand. 
He made room for Eric, but he did not snuggle up. He stayed erect, his face lifted towards the first dim stars, and told Helma all about his wanting to go away from them, out through the forest and across the sea, and all the wild star had said about the music and earth people's lives. And he told her, too, of the vision of success he had had when he caught wild time the first day by her bushy hair. Helma listened quietly and said nothing for many minutes after he was through. But at last she spoke, putting a hushing hand on Eric's dreamful head. I understand, she said. I knew you would want to go on some time, and I have a friend across there who will help us. He has a school voice, and I got to know him very well behind the grey stone wall. He asked me about the forest and you children, and he said that Eric sometime would surely want to go back to humans, and when he did he would help them. He understands voice. It is to him you had better go, Eric, and when you are really ready, I will tell you how and start you on your way. Eric sighed with contentment and leaned his head against Helma's shoulder. But Ivra stood at her mother's other side, as still and silent as a shadow. Soon the fireflies began the nightly dance in the garden, but Ivra did not go darting after them as usual to make the dance the swifter. And Eric's head was too full of dreams, and his eyes too full of visions of the sea to notice them at all. End of chapter 18